0: Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. Oh, Tracy! <laughs> we talked about Francis Edgerton this week. And I love him. I bet he was probably a pill in person because he was so extraordinarily privileged and used to getting his way, but I also think he seems fascinating. Yeah, I mean, if you have a ridiculous amount of money and uh, want to spend it on something, why why not choosing dogs? Mm-hmm. Um, I have so many things that I want to touch on that didn't make it into the episode. One, I bet people are wondering, what kind of dogs were those? Well. I don't know. Yep. Um. And part of it is because they're written up very differently, even in contemporary accounts, where some talk about his thoroughbred dogs and others are like, he picks up any dog off the streets of Paris. So I, we have no idea. That's like a pretty wide range of possibilities. Well, and dog breeds, and the idea of dog breeds and how we breed dogs, like that's changed a lot over mm-hmm. the last couple of centuries, too. Yes. So um, that we don't know. I like to call that breed loved. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, They sound like they were very adored. Uh, The other thing I wanted to talk about was his chef, Viard, because this struck me as so bizarre. Right? It's like the equivalent. I want to make this clear to people. In terms of how famous and well-known this chef was, it would be like if I hired Jose Andres to cook for my cats. (laughs) Like, it's so weird. (laughs) Which, by the way, if you've never been to one of his restaurants, get thee to it immediately. Um, I have been to several different ones, and they are all spectacular. Uh, and also donate to World Central Kitchen if you if you have money that you can do that with, because he is amazing, and that charity is the one for me. Um, yeah, I love the idea <laughs> that this incredibly accomplished chef was just like, here's the here's the dog's third course. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's a discussion to be had about waste and how sure. you actually spend sure. money at a time when people in Paris did not have all that they needed. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody were ever in any any uh, industrialized, although they weren't industrialized yet, but in any big society like that where there are things like a noble hierarchy, there are always people that don't have what they need. So. hmm There is a story that I found a mention of 30 years after he died, and I couldn't find the, like, provenance for it. Which is that it was just, like, this mention that came up in a paper that three, I think it was three coins had been added to, I believe, the Royal Society's collection. These coins had been minted according to this very brief write-up that I found in an 1850s paper, had been minted (laughs) by Francis Edgerton so that they could be strewn about in the rivers of England and France in the hopes that people of the future would find them and think he was, like, some great and important person. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of awesome. I love it! But like I said, I couldn't find enough information to back that up, Mm -hmm. uh, to put it in the actual episode. But that's so, like, exactly the kind of stuff I would do if I had that level of cash. Sure. I mean, I already hope that people accidentally think Greedo is an actual religious figure when they one day unearth my house. (laughs) But... (laughs) But um, I really like the idea of, I'm going to have a coin designed. And it's going to be, and I think he had included, again, it was a brief write up, but it sounded like he must have included wording on the coin about his literary accomplishments because he specifically wanted to be known as an important writer by people hundreds of years in the future. So fascinating. Yes. The manipulation of history as it will be seen in the future, with your money right now, is a very interesting idea to contemplate. Yeah, and scary. (laughs) Yes, 100%. But in this case, more funny. Right. This is a pretty benign expression of that possibility. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) sure. Someone will think he's more important than he was. Sure. Go for it, Francis. Um, He seems like a hoot. I hope he was a delightful person and not uh crabby. Yeah. Other than yelling about his dogs misbehaving at dinner, I never really read a lot of descriptions of his personal behavior. Yeah. Well, and it's uh it's interesting to me that it seems like there was a lot of maybe he was not in his right mind and I'm like, really if all if if most of what we're talking about here is uh having a chef to feed your dogs and dressing all your dogs like I yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, this is just a person who is like, you know what? I didn't ever think I was going to have all of this Earl money, and now I have it. I'm going hog wild <laughs> with these dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my pups are having a life. Yeah. The shoes, uh, Greedo, bless you, Francis Edgerton. I understand. Understand. Um, I feel like that's a cautionary tale that I tell Brian because we already have a little bit of a shoe storage problem. And I could be like, I could be like this. And then he's like, <laughs> um, I hate to be that stereotype of a person who loves shoes and can't buy enough shoes, but I am exactly what that is. Um, <laughs> in any case... If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. This week on the show, we talked about the Nika riots and the Nika massacre. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Wow, there's there's been so much writing on the chariot factions and whether they had a greater significance beyond being just... Uh, chariot factions. <laughs> chariot factions. And uh, on the one hand, there are aspects of this that feel like they might make a little bit more sense if there was a greater meaning, like if it really was politically divided in some way but then also having seen various riots after whatever team won whatever sporting event that fortunately didn't lead to the massacre of 30,000 people but like i there there's there's some obvious uh violence that can happen along with sports so it's like depending on whose analysis uh you you more agree with this was either <laughs> <laughs> um you know just uh, a routine but very large scale post or during sports match uh riot situation or like more of a politically motivated rioting situation it is right i i will confess this story activates like all of my darkest nihilist thoughts where i'm just like well Humans are never going to get any better. We might as well give up, which is a terrible way to feel. But it's like we, you know, everyone who is alive and experiencing their history unfolding feels like the things that are happening in their lifetime are unprecedented. But of course they're not. We point out all the time that, nope, this all happened before, just in different flavors. And it's one of those things where I'm like, never going to get any better. Just a terrible attitude and not one that I maintained. I'm just having that moment today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and a couple of the papers I read made a point that, like, there has been writing about these riots that make it sound almost like they were unprecedented, but a lot, you know, just generally, the violence, not unprecedented. And then some of the specific things that happened in it, not all of which were things that we mentioned, were things that had happened before in Constantinople and other times of unrest. Procopius' secret history is a document that you can read. Uh, I mean, there's like public domain translations of it. So you can, there's right. places you can read it online for free. Wow, is it bizarre in some of the stuff that it claims happens? Right. Uh, That's one where I wonder because it was published posthumously. Mm-hmm. And I'm clearly applying modern thinking to its existence. But there's part of me that's like, for all we know, this was Procopius's, like, personal friend fic slam journal. Like, we don't oh, yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, We, so... Uh, I read several... I didn't, we didn't get into this in the episode at all, but I, I read several theories about, like, what had motivated him to write this work and to say it wasn't going to be published until after the people involved were dead, and then it was not published until he was dead. Uh, And, like, one of them was like, he might have written this thing basically as blackmail. Like, I have this very horrifying tell-all document that's going to ruin all your reputations unless you give me X thing that I'm trying to get. There was, you know, speculation that maybe it was just a personal vendetta, that he had become really disillusioned eventually with... Uh, Justinian and Theodore, like, maybe that had led him to write this very scandalous, um, it doesn't even read like The Onion. It reads like <laughs> the terrible websites that think they're The Onion, but they're just making stuff up with no satirical element to right. it. More like that is how it reads to me. So, yeah. Uh I'm really befuddled by the concept of hey we're gonna elevate this person to emperor oh he's not home burn his house down his- yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh just in general people being like I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna name this guy emperor and the uh it it's interesting to me how um how the role of emperor has operated in different different societies around the world, you know, in some cases we're talking about things that were translated into emperor and they p- probably had different nuances in the, the original language or whatever. But, right. um, you know, we've talked about empires where there was just a, a formal line of succession that had, a, had to be a blood relative in some way. And then what we're talking about here is both uh, people that came from pretty humble backgrounds and made made their way up. In some cases, a blood relative. In some cases, not a blood relative. So the fact that they're they were like, well, if we find some nephews of the previous <laughs> uh, two emperors ago emperor, maybe that would be a suitable candidate. So yeah, that's the. I did not find a lot of documentation of like presumably, if ten percent of the population of Constantinople was massacred. That would have had, like, a huge effect on society. Mm -hmm. And that is not really something that I found a lot of writing on. I found a lot more writing on Justinian's rebuilding efforts and rebuilding the Hagia Sophia and doing so much public works stuff that Procopius had this multi-volume thing called buildings that detailed all of it. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I found way more about than, like, that's a huge death toll for one event. Right, right what i mean that's almost a snap right that's um that's something that everyone in the city would have felt every day yeah cuz at that point 10% is enough that everyone knew someone that was either killed or deeply impacted by it so yeah that's an interesting thing i wonder if it's just hard to quantify in terms of like if we don't have much mention of it how do you study it yeah Oof. and then there's also i mean Potential that that number was exaggerated in some way. Unclear. So anyway, uh, that was some 1,500-year-old sports violence for everybody. (laughs) Uh, Coincidentally, recorded immediately after the Super Bowl. (laughs) Right. So I was like, I hope there's not some kind of mass Super Bowl violence this year because that might seem inappropriate. Uh, Anyway... Whatever's happening over folks' weekends, hope it is going well for you. We will be back on Saturday with Saturday Classic. Next week, we will have brand new episodes. You can drop us a note if you would like. We are at Podcast at iHeartRadio.com. We will talk to you again soon. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio.